Hey, I'm Steve Gabriel, and I'm thrilled that we have this time together. I pray that God would help you to understand how great He is and how great His plan is for your life. Come on, let's enjoy God together. Good morning. It is so good to have you with us this morning. And thank you, Pastor Steve and Charles, for that beautiful introduction. And like they said, I am Shirley. This is Jock. We are married and we are the campus pastors here in Bradford. And it is our privilege today to be able to close off the series that we have been in called This Is Life. Yeah, it's been so good, hasn't it, over these recent weeks to hear from the different campus pastors. And uh, like Shirley said, we have the privilege of closing the series today. And uh, our plan is to ask some pretty big questions. Right. You know, questions about the meaning of life and life in general, because I don't know about you, but this current season has caused us to, to question a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it's caused us to reevaluate, to reassess. With all that's going on in the world, it does make you think uh, about what's truly important. It makes you think about your values, things, you know, things that we thought were in place and nailed down and were definitely going to happen have all been changed around. There's disappointment flying around, there's, there's hurt flying around, mm. you know, so many things that we thought, oh, this is the way things are going to be and all plans got changed and it's caused us to, to look at our priorities, to look right. at values, to right. reassess and I think it also causes us to be aware about how fragile life really is, about how quickly things can change outside of our control. So true. And you know, like Jock said, the world can tell us that we can find meaning in life, in our family, in our friendship, in our careers. But like we know with this pandemic, all those things can change and they can actually leave us with bigger questions. And you know, the world can tell you that you can find fulfillment in things. Social media can tell you that you need to live to a certain level of perfection. But today we want to ask the real questions. Where does true meaning come from? Where does real peace come from? Where does real purpose come from? Where can we find real contentment? We want to suggest to you today that the answer to those questions is actually found in our relationship with God. Right. It was St. Augustine who said this. He was a great theologian, a, a teacher, a thinker and a writer. And he said this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and mm. our hearts are restless until it rests in you. And I love that, that picture that actually everything is found in God. And we're going to turn to a scripture now. And uh, this is a really, uh, I know all scripture is important, but this is an important point in scripture. We're going to read the words of Jesus. And again, yeah. all the words of Jesus are important, but we're going to look at a specific time. And this is the moment before Jesus is about to get arrested. He's going to be taken away and killed. He's going to be arrested and he has this short time with his disciples. So don't you think that at this moment, what he tells them is going to be really important to them and really important for us. He's about to be taken away and he sits down. He has a meal with his disciples and he teaches them. And after he's taught them, he prays for them. He prays with them. And in this prayer. You know, he could have said so much in these last moments with them. He could have given them, you know, big commands, right. set a big agenda for them, given them warnings, given them direction. But as he prays, there's a theme that runs through this prayer that is so simple. And it's so simple. If we're not careful, we might miss it. And I want to read this to you today. We're going to look at John 17 together. As I said, he prays over himself. Jesus then prays over the disciples and he prays over the believers. 
And there's a line that repeats through these prayers. I'm going to read to you from John 17, verse 11. This is what Jesus prays. Holy Father, Mm. protect them by the power of your name, the name you have given me. And this is the bit that I want you to hear. So that they may be one as we are one. Then as we move on to verse 22, we see this again. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. And what I want to suggest to you is that core truth that Jesus was sharing with them. The most important thing is to be one with our Father God. Everything else finds its fit in there. Everything else boils down to that. That's the concentrate. That's the source. That's the foundation of it all, being one with our Father God. All these things we've talked about, our contentment, our peace, our hope, our calling, our purpose, everything finds its fit in that. And it's interesting to know that this prayer that we've just looked at is actually the end of a narrative. You see, he sat down with his disciples and he's taught them and he's unpacked it and he's explained it. And then he summarized it in this prayer. And what we're going to do now is we're going to jump back just a couple of chapters into that discussion with the disciples because he unpacks it that little bit more. Beautiful. How beautiful is it that actually the last, the last words that Jesus would want to pray over us before he goes to the cross are actually those words that are asking us to be at one with the Father. And today we want to ask that question, well, how do I become one with the Father? And like Jock said, we're going to read back now into John 15 verse 5. And it says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Let me read that to you again. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, you might be listening to me today and going, excuse me, vine, branches, (laughs) what is all that about? But actually in that time, the vineyard was a common imagery. They knew what it was and they knew what it meant for life to, to flow through the vine into the branches to produce fruit. And today what I want to look at is that one word that we see in this scripture, which says, remain, remain in me, remain. And actually that word remain is translated in a couple of ways throughout scripture. And today we want to look at those two ways in which it is translated. Yeah, the first translation that we want to look at of that remain, to be one with God, to remain in him, the first translation is a a word that you probably don't use a lot. It's the word dwell, which means to to live, to set up home. I don't suppose many of you are saying, I think I shall return to my dwelling now. It's a a bit of an old school word. You can can use that shell. Uh, (laughs) But this idea to dwell in God, you know, to remain in, to get in and stay there, to set up home in there, not Mm -hmm. just visit occasionally. The idea is that we live centered in God with our whole lives in him. You know, God is our home. He's not a hotel. Right. We don't just check in and check out. When things are good, oh, I want to give God some praise. So I'll just check in and, and, uh, and, and thank God for that. And then I'll check out and carry on with my life. No, he's not an Airbnb. <laughs> he's your home. He's where we're supposed to dwell, being aware of his presence in all things, in the mundane things and in the exciting things, in all aspects of our life. The idea isn't that we go and just pitch a, a temporary tent and quickly give honor to God in that area and put God in for that moment and then come back out. No, we're supposed to live in it. I love what... Um, 
what Pastor Steve says when he talks about prayer, and he says, let prayer be your first right. response, yes. not your last resort. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. This idea yeah. of just being aware of his presence in every aspect of our life, because that is where we are centered. That is where we find our home. So good. You know, I was laughing there because you mentioned camping and we went camping recently. And I can tell you, it is not a place that you want to make your permanent dwelling. Well, not for me anyway. <laughs> but like Jock said, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it has taught us the importance of a dwelling place, because that is actually where we've all been this time in our dwelling. And I think we need to remember that, you know, we go to our dwelling, whether we are having the, the best day or whether we are having the worst day, regardless of the emotions that we are going through, regardless of the circumstances that we are going to, that is the place where we wake up. It is the place where we go to sleep. It is the place where we are comfortable, where we are ourselves, and that we know that we can go to when we are sick or when we need rest. Whatever we find ourselves in in life, it is just the place that we go to. And today I want to remind you that God wants you to make him your dwelling place. He wants to be there to celebrate with you in the highs of life and to hold you in the lows of life. He wants to be there for every single aspect of your life. He wants you to make him his dwelling place. And I want to read to you now Psalms 91 verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Over and over and over again in Scripture, God is telling us that He wants us to make Him our dwelling place. Choose Him, the place that we will go to and be with and spend our time with, regardless of where we're finding ourselves in life, that we choose to do life in Him. Mm, beautiful. There's a, there's a picture that is often talked about, and you may have heard this before, that, um, that our lives are like a house and we invite Jesus in and it's important that we allow Jesus into every area of our life right. and that, that we open up every room to him. And, and I like that picture and it has its merits. But I just want to take a, a different look at that because I think so often we're trying to do that. We take our lives and we try and add Jesus in. Right. We try and bolt him on or we try and stuff him into the lounge or into the study. But, but I, I believe here we're reading something different. The idea is we're not trying to fit Jesus into our world, but we're trying to find our life in him. So often we have our own plans and, and, we're, and we're saying, oh, we're just cracking on in our own strength and we're just doing this and doing that. And, I've done, and then occasionally we sort of look up to God and go, oh God, by the way, can you just bless this plan? Because this is what I'm doing. And God's, you know, the creator of the world. And he said, well, right. hey, I, I've got a plan. I've got a, a plan to bless you, a plan of, to, to prosper you, but you've not, you've not even asked, you've not even inquired. And I think I just want to remind you today to just lift all mm. things up to him and, and, and find those things in him as we dwell in him. Um, there's a, a, a verse in Colossians 3, 3, and it says your real life, that's your best life, your true life, the life that you were created for, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And I want to ask you, maybe there's some parts of your life that you're, you're brilliant at submitting to God. Maybe it's your family. But what about your business? Or mm, maybe yeah. it's your work life. But, but what about your finances? Are they all in God's hands? Or do you just sort of check in and out in certain areas? It's so important that we find our whole life yeah. in Him. So good. 
You know, we have looked at that word remain, remain in me and remain, like we just said, looks like dwelling. And that is such an important word. But the other word that is used for remain is also the word abide, abide in me. It's also used as one of the translations. And abide is an interesting word because you might go, well, it's the same, isn't it? Well, it kind of is, but the word abide also means that if you abide in something, then you are abiding by the ways of that place. If like, for example, we abide in England. So because we abide in England, we drive on the left side of the road. Which is the right side. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> but that is the truth. You know, if we abide in him, then we abide by his ways. And his ways, he has a higher standard of life. He has a different way to look at things. And abiding in him can look very, can, look, can simply look very differently in different occasions. So for example, you know, if you are, uh, if your friend says something to you and you can feel a fence rising up, well, actually abiding in him means that you pause and you go, no, actually, his ways are to choose forgiveness. His ways are to choose love. You know, if you're entering a, a family situation where you can see an argument arising and things getting confusing, well, actually, instead of entering that confusion, you can stop and you can say, hey, no, I abide with him and in him is wisdom and in him is comfort and in him is peace. You know, if you're facing a new situation and you can feel fear arising, I want to say to you today, pause and just stop because you abide in him. And in him is found love that it says drives away all fear. In him, you can find peace. You can find all that you need in life in him. And that word abide, you know, now that we've said it's living by a, cer a certain standard in a certain way, can seem like a very restrictive word. Abide, you have to abide in this, in this way. But actually remember what Psalm 91 says, as you make him your dwelling place, you abide in his shelter. God's promise over you is that actually abiding in him brings you safety and it brings you protection. He only wants good things for you. Hmm. What we're talking about today ultimately is a choice. God has chosen to be with you. He's chosen to live inside of you. Now our choice is to choose to live inside of him, right. to put everything under submission to him, to partner with his plan, to do things his way, to ask for his agenda, to seek his will, to right. seek his kingdom first, not our own plans or agenda, but to seek him first. And I want to encourage you today to, to dwell in him, find that real life in him, put all things to find their place in him, to abide with him, as Shirley said, to find that oneness in him, because mm -hmm. where there's confusion, where there's fear, where there's a lack of peace, where there's a hopelessness, all of those things are resolved when we find that oneness. And that's what, remember, this is what Jesus left with his disciples before he was going to be taken away and arrested and murdered. This is what he was saying to his disciples, find that oneness with God, because in this, everything else will find its resolve. So, so good. You know, as we are finishing and concluding now talking about remaining in him, I want to bring back that imagery that we read of the vineyard, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. And I want to remind you today that the best life is in God, that actually 
his life produces the best fruit. He wants his life to come through you. And in that time, the vineyard was seen as something desirable. It was something that the wealthy people had. It was something that you knew that if you had a vineyard, in fact, in the Bible, you read about people quarreling over vineyards. Why? Because it was something that people wanted. They knew that it meant that you had something good. And today I want to tell you the most exciting life, the best life is only found in Him, in oneness with the Father. We're going to finish with a, a song the worship team are going to sing over us. I want to encourage you right now, just as you're listening to this, just take a moment. Maybe you've got kids running around your feet. Maybe you're in the middle of the washing up. I don't know. But just, <laughs> just take a minute and pause and just focus in for these next two or three minutes. As the worship team lead this beautiful song, I want to ask you to just, you know, maybe hold your hands out before God and say, God, are there any areas where I'm not truly dwelling in you? I'm not truly, I haven't made you my home in this. I'm sort of trying to go on my own strength and I'm reaching for my own things and I've not even asked you, God, or maybe there's certain areas of your life that God wants to remind you and say, hey, I've got a plan for that and uh, come back to me and uh, abide in me in this. And so as the team lead us in this song, I want to encourage you, just take a moment. And, and as you worship, listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling yeah. you. And I believe he's going to speak to you today and show you uh, where you can abide in him, where you can dwell in him in a fresh way today.
for watching. We pray to God that you've been impacted by how great God's Word is, by how great God's plan is for your life. But I do want to say, if you need prayer for anything, then drop us a line, drop us an email. We would love to hear from you so that we can pray for you and just continue on this journey of building life together. Have a great week, month, year ahead.